given what I've lived through and survived through in my lifetime was a very normal response. And sometimes when we feel that yo-yo effect of the nervous system trying to balance itself, it can feel very isolating. You know, maybe people around you have dismissed your experience and did not validate what you and your body was going through. For many years in my mind, this process made me feel really out of control and I felt like my body was betraying me. Welcome to the Reach New Heights podcast, where we dive deep into all things self-healing, transformation, and building dreams. I'm Julie Householder, and it is my passion to share powerful tools to empower you to transform your life and reach new heights. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Reach New Heights podcast. Today, I'm diving into the concept and topic of the window of tolerance how trauma can impact that window of tolerance and how understanding this concept can really help us in our ability to navigate life's challenges and to be able to better understand and support ourselves and those we care about. Before we hop into the content, this is an invitation to do some deep breaths. You're welcome to take a full deep breath in through your nose and slowly exhale out through your mouth. You're welcome to find any gentle movement or stretching that feels good. Perhaps rolling the shoulders back a couple times or a quick stretch if you've been sitting in the same position for a while today, just inviting some movement back into the body. You're welcome to bring to mind something that you're grateful for today and something that you're proud of. Another invitation to take a slow, deep breath in through the nose and exhale slowly out through your mouth. Today I'll be making a lot of references to a couple of different articles, one being from the Attachment and Trauma Treatment Center for Healing that my professor shared with my class. You can find the link in the show notes if you'd like to read through it and check out all of the amazing graphics and charts they have on it. I really find the visual graphs really helpful in integrating and understanding this information and understanding the window of tolerance. I also have some YouTube videos that further explain it. The window of tolerance is a term that means the amount of arousal a person can experience while still being able to feel calm and grounded. So in other words, when you're in your window of tolerance, You can feel like you can deal with whatever's happening in your life. You might feel pressures and stress, but it's not throwing you off balance. Or as one of my professor, Neil Klein, says, it doesn't cause you to flip your lid. When we're in our window of tolerance, we are grounded, flexible, we're able to emotionally self-regulate, and we're present. And an important thing to understand in this, if we were to visualize right now, that if we were to draw a square or a rectangle on a piece of paper, that would be the window. And that within that area is anything that comes within our life and our environment. We're able to navigate that from that grounded place. Trauma and stress can shrink that window of tolerance to where our nervous system becomes dysregulated and it's not able to regulate and integrate information that we're getting through our senses, our thoughts, and our emotions as easily. When the nervous system moves outside of this window of tolerance in response to something, we move into that dysregulation state 
And then beyond that state, we can move into a couple of different states. We can move above the window into hyperarousal, or we can go down below our window of tolerance to a hypoarousal state. Another way to visualize this process is like a river. So say we're canoeing down a river and the window of tolerance for our nervous system is the river. And when the river becomes narrow, it becomes fast and unsafe. And when the, the river is wider, the river slows down and we're able to function most effectively and we're able to take on the challenges of the river more easily. I highly recommend, again, checking out the graphics in the links in the show notes as well as the videos that really show this window of tolerance visually um, and where you can see that process of expansion and the narrowing of the window of tolerance, as well as the hyperarousal above the box and hypoarousal state below the box. So when we become dysregulated, our brainstem and our limbic system become active and the frontal cortex in our brain becomes less active. And this part of the brain, the frontal cortex, it's in charge of executive functions like attention, focus, impulse control. And I'm sure you can think of a time where you had heightened emotions or you were in one of those states and you were triggered by something and then impulsively said or did something that you didn't mean. It was kind of like this automatic response. And it, it, those times where it's really hard to be mindful in those moments and this process in the brain is the reason why, which makes it really critical to be able to learn how to identify and tune in with ourselves um, and to be able to implement tools to help our body feel safety and connection and help calm the brainstem and the limbic system that has been activated. I want to emphasize that when we fully move into one of these states and the body's reactions that are occurring, it's not something that we choose. These reactions from the nervous system and the body can occur automatically. But thankfully, there are ways to help us widen our window of tolerance and our river of tolerance. So back to those two states. If we move out of our window of tolerance and our nervous system becomes triggered and we move up into hyperarousal, this is a state where we can feel panic, impulsivity, hypervigilance, we can feel anxious, emotionally explosive, angry, out of control, overwhelmed, where your body wants to fight or run away. We can't regulate ourselves. We can feel emotionally flooded to where forming clear thoughts or clearly communicating how we feel can be very difficult. Paired with that desire to escape from how we're feeling or run away from how we're feeling. Now, if we're in the box of tolerance, the window of tolerance, and we move down and our nervous system moves down to a hypoarousal state, those are the times when we're feeling really spacey, um, numbness, desensitization, disassociation, where uh, it can include poor self-care or boundaries, zoned out, numb, again, frozen, where your body kind of goes into this shutdown mode, kind of like a withdrawing by pulling in. And just to add a couple more points and information disassociation so it's when we feel numb or disconnected or we feel like we're watching ourselves outside of our body so this is a protective survival skill and it can be something that can be part of a variety of mental health experiences and so sometimes when the body you know something occurs to us that triggers us sometimes when that when the body moves into a hyper arousal state it can have such 
anxiety and so much overwhelm to the point where the body then tries to bring itself back into regulation. It's trying to bring itself back into the window of tolerance. But with that small, narrow window of tolerance that we might have due to trauma or stress, it might then bring us down all the way into a hypoarousal state. So many individuals often yo-yo between the two and bounce back and forth between these two states and it can be incredibly exhausting. Why this information mattered so much to me is that it gave me an understanding of what was going on with my brain and my nervous system when I was experiencing kind of that yo-yoing back between super, super high anxiety, then going into a really numb, depressive state from my trauma experiences and my trauma triggers. And from different sensory information, or if I was feeling overwhelmed, or there's a lot of things going on in my life, I was having these, you know, my nervous system was bouncing back between these two states. I had a better understanding of my nervous system, its responses, as it struggled to regulate itself, which given what I've lived through and survived through in my lifetime was a very normal response. And sometimes when we feel that yo-yo effect of the nervous system trying to balance itself, it can feel very isolating You know, maybe people around you have dismissed your experience and did not validate what you and your body was going through. For many years, in my mind, this process made me feel really out of control and I felt like my body was betraying me. I had distrust with my body and I would shame myself for what was going on, thinking there was something incredibly wrong with me. Understanding this hyper hypo arousal and this window of tolerance is something That is a normal response for the nervous system that's gone through a lot of traumas, complex trauma, big T traumas, high stress levels. And it just like enabled my spirit to exhale because I realized that what was going on that I was having so much fear around was a normal process. And I began instead to want to understand, befriend and help my nervous system regulate rather than attack it with criticism. I was able to be more gentle with myself While cycles of dysregulation in the nervous system can feel so overwhelming and sometimes feel like a full-time job just throughout the day as we're having these different experiences where we're trying to bring our nervous system down back into that window of tolerance to be back into the grounded state if we're having a lot of hyperarousal or hypoarousal with our nervous system in response to triggers, Uh, just knowing that once we have a better understanding of this, over time, we can work towards expanding that window of tolerance so that we can better cope with life's challenges. Why this matters to people of all ages is that it highlights the importance of learning what I would say are some of the most important life skills, which are emotional regulation, nervous system regulation techniques, and conscious communication from this trauma-informed perspective. Many of us unconsciously will try to a variety of ways to regulate our nervous system when we're in these states. It could be through numbing ourselves when we're in a hypoarousal stress and anxiety state or trying to move out of a hypoarousal with Netflix, social media, substance abuse. These different things that adults try to use to regulate themselves can also continue the yo-yo effect of jumping from hyperarousal to hypoarousal without really bringing ourselves back into that window of tolerance. Developing regulation practices that are good for our mind, body, and emotional health are so important. And they unfortunately, at least in my experience, they were not taught in school. Um, I didn't hear a lot of it in the home environment either. So 
luckily now with technology and access to information, recognizing that we can't change what has happened in our life, you know, the traumas, the rigors, the things that we've gone through. But now as adults, we have this ability to learn skills, to better navigate things, to improve our mental and emotional health, and to expand our tool belt so that we can live and thrive rather than exist solely to survive our life and solely survive the triggers or the symptoms or the diagnosis that we're navigating. Through becoming aware of how we're feeling and observing our physical body and emotions and thoughts that are automatically reacting to a situation that has moved through the nervous system and has moved the nervous system to a place of dysregulation, we can practice over time implementing tools to really help our nervous system ground and move into that window of tolerance. And the most effective way to do this is by working with a therapist or a practitioner who can help you and work with you one-on-one on expanding this window of tolerance. For some general tips, I'll be referring to a document from the government of Jersey entitled The Window of Tolerance, Supporting the Well-Being of Children and Young People. It's linked in the show notes. Another fantastic document to check out. This article talks about other factors too that can narrow our window of tolerance. Sleep deprivation, poor nutrition, lack of exercise, physical pain or illness, substance misuse, and stress. So again, these are those aspects that if we haven't slept well, you know, our our basic needs aren't covered, we're not going to be as easily able to navigate what's coming up in our life. And it's decreasing that window of tolerance for our nervous system to be able to regulate itself, regulate the emotions, and to regulate all of the information that our body is is digesting and taking in throughout the day, depending on what's going on. When supporting another person when they're dysregulated, it's really important to be aware of where you are in your own window of tolerance. So if you're out of your own window and feel dysregulated with low energy stores, you know, we can't effectively support another person. And there's a quote that I really liked from the document that said, a dysregulated adult cannot regulate a dysregulated child. And it's by Dr. Lore DeSaltels. I'm sorry if I butchered that, Dr. Lore. (laughs) Um, But I love that. And I think that this quote can be used and is applicable to all situations of different types of human interaction, whether it's at work, home, in social settings, at school, within our relationships, regardless of whether it's an adult-child relationship, adult-to-adult, child-to-child. Through our self-observation and reflection, we can begin to notice what those triggers are in our life. We can over time begin to identify the moments where we're tuning into our body, we're noticing we're having a buildup of energy. And I like to say with the hyper arousal, sometimes with emotional dysregulation, I can feel like there's like this building energy in me. I almost feel like a volcano. Uh, When you know there's those days where you've had all these things happening, you feel agitated and overwhelmed. And then it's like almost you feel like a volcano that's like just like about to explode. In that self-reflection process, If I know, given the day, given the stressors that I've had, given my sleep levels or whatever the case may be, if I'm actively checking in and tuning in with my body and noticing before I get to that place of, you know, that point of no return where it's like hyper arousal state where critical thinking or 
just clear thinking is really hard because again, those parts of my brain become deactivated because the limbic system and the brainstem, which is called the reptilian brain by some people, it's like that part of our brain that's very much about survival. When those two are just having a rave and popping off with blood flow in my brain and the rest of my brain that helps me, you know, think clearly and calm, um, aren't as active in this party. Those are those moments where right before I reach that point, I can tune in. And when I observe that within myself, I can consciously communicate to other people around me what I'm feeling. For instance, as an example, I remember this one particular day where I felt like a volcano. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I felt like I was gonna, you know, I was already dealing with a lot of anxiety and some mental health symptoms. And I, I was hungry. And I just felt like a volcano about to, about to explode. But I noticed it. And right before that started building up, I turned to my significant other and I was like, hey, like, I'm noticing I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling really anxious. I feel like I have a lot of buildup of emotions right now. And I feel like I'm like a volcano that I'm going to explode. I'm just going to be staying quiet. It's not that I don't want to like engage in a lot of conversation with you right now, but I just want to make sure that I take care of myself for a second and get my needs, get my needs met. And I'm not going to talk as much because I'm afraid that what comes out is not going to sound kind or it's going to come out through a tone that I don't intend or I'll impulsively say something, you know, so I'll be able to have those communications before I move into that full blown hypo, hyper arousal state or hypo arousal state where I can communicate that because then when we're in those states, it's at least for me, I've noticed that it's much harder for me to consciously communicate. And so in that way, through checking in with my body, I can communicate with the people around me, you know, so it, it prevents a lot of issues there in, in relationships letting people know what's up so they understand where you're at and then you can just kind of step away for a moment to take care of yourself to help your nervous system regulate before moving forward with whatever you're doing and again through this self-observation and reflection process we can identify those triggers and it can be from sensory overload from environments or that we're in stressors a combination of stressors it can be you know different trauma triggers that are happening given to what's going around us. And this takes time, self-reflection and practice. Remembering that as we're starting to create these new patterns, we're creating new pathways of responses in our bodies and we're implementing these tools to calm our nervous systems. We're basically changing our brains, which is super cool. In this process, it's important to begin to discover what helps you. If you're experiencing hyperarousal, so overstimulation, you know, anxiety, heightened emotions, the articles that I mentioned before do have some tips. And these are things you can you can try. The first one being diaphragmatic breathing, so belly breathing, abdominal breathing, square breathing. Be sure to check the link so that you can read more about each one of those. Um, shaking out excess energy. I've done this before where I feel like really anxious and stressed and I'll literally just like shake my hands and just like move my body like like that to move some excess energy out. Um, going for a brisk walk, squeezing the stress balls, heavy work, wrist assessed of course. So like lifting, pulling, crab walking. Sometimes like when I'm really anxious, like I'll do like some yoga planks or a couple of like different push-ups or just like pushing against the wall, kind of that heavy work to help calm the nervous system. 
getting a weighted blanket is awesome. I have one and that really does help. And this is also something to assess too because that deep pressure stimulation on the body, it can increase the release of feel-good neurotransmitters like serotonin, um, but also to try and experiment with that. So sometimes I'll only put it over my feet or sometimes on my lap rather than my whole body. Uh, warm water, warmth can reduce adrenaline and increase oxytocin. So that's a that's definitely a practice that I do. And it wasn't until reading this article where I was like, oh my gosh, like I've been subconsciously doing this my whole life or when I'm really like really upset uh, or sometimes whether it's like hyper arousal or hypo arousal, I'll go and take like a warm bath or like a hot shower and it helps me. I just feel better afterwards. Soothing music can be helpful. And then for the hypoarousal states, so that's the ones where it's characterized by numbness, it's more depressive, it's when you're in kind of like a shutdown mode. Focusing on anything that helps stimulate the senses, like smell. Smell is a great way to activate the thinking brain. So smelling essential oils, um, weighted blanket can be beneficial in this state as well, as well as sensory experiences, like being really mindful, like feeling the soles of your feet on the floor or your body in a chair and just feeling the full support of that. Stress balls, squeezing stress balls can be helpful, dance or movement, as well as different yoga positions. I find that for me when I'm in a hypo arousal state, going into child's pose or doing, it's kind of like an L. So if you put your bottom against the wall and put your legs straight up, and then you're lying down and it's kind of like an L position, I find that that yoga position really helps me. And there is a book that has some great recommendations for this by Bo Forbes. The book is called Yoga for Emotional Balance, Simple Practices to Help Relieve Anxiety and Depression. And again, that's by Bo Forbes. I'll put the name of the book in the show notes. And this book is really great because it does have some recommendations, different yoga postures. You can also go on YouTube and type in, you know, yoga for anxiety, yoga for depression and trauma-informed yoga as well. That's super important. Um, Trauma-informed yoga for anxiety and depression. There's a very big difference in trauma-informed yoga that can be very beneficial, I find. Uh, but you can find those and, and find different things that work and try them out. And it's important to know that what you resonate with and the tools that you use and what works for your body change from moment to moment. So our body's needs will always be different. So trying and practicing tools that help our body and our nervous system move back into window of tolerance where we're, we're regulating is really important and learning to be flexible in this discovery process. And the key here is to really just expand our tool belt so we can just try different things. And all of us can move out of our window of tolerance and move into a dysregulated state. So again, it's important to understand for ourselves and our loved ones who have experienced trauma that our window of tolerance can become more narrow and it makes us more susceptible and it can be feel easier to move into a hyper or a hypoarousal state or dysregulated from triggers or or sensory stimulus. In my journey... There have been so many periods of time where bringing my body back into the window of tolerance over and over again throughout the day can feel, like I said before, like a full-time job. It can be overwhelming and create a lot of fatigue and frustration. I can definitely say that expanding my tool belt and understanding different things I can do to bring myself into regulation has been huge. 
But the biggest game changer for me was getting into a professional structure of support with my holistic therapist. And sometimes with trauma or just in life experiences, it can be really easy to slip into that kind of like hyper independence where we feel like we can do everything on our own and we don't need anybody's help. Uh, for me, it was recognizing that therapy didn't mean that I couldn't do things, but it was a structure of support that would help me heal and expand my window of tolerance so much more efficiently than doing everything on my own. And it took a willingness on my part to really lay down defense mechanisms, get vulnerable and prioritize my mental well-being over any fears that I had about getting what I call a personal trainer for my brain and nervous system. Again, if you're interested, I linked those articles and three YouTube videos below, as well as the book that I had mentioned, if you'd like to check them out. I'm wishing you all a beautiful day, and I'll catch you next week with an honored guest here on the Reach New Heights podcast. From my heart to yours, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I love creating it. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram at JULHouseholder or my website, juliehouseholder.com. I love hearing how you've integrated these episodes into your life. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes so we can help others reach new heights. Mm-hmm.